Good evening, everybody. Thank you so much again for joining me today. Uh, my name is Reverend Cameron Denton, um, and welcome to the podcast. Uh, over the last few weeks, I've just been sharing some uh, things that the Lord has put on my heart, and today is no different, um, but it might be a little shorter of an episode. Uh, but with that being said, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, let's go ahead and pray, and then we will jump right on in. Lord, I thank you so much for today. I thank you for blessing blessing us with the opportunity, Father God, to, to dwell in your presence tonight and to glean from what you have laid out before us. Lord God, I ask now that you would let me speak with boldness and with clarity, Father God, exactly the words that you'd have me speak tonight, Father. I'm your servant, Father God, your mouthpiece, Father, and I say, Lord, use me in whatever way you see fit. God, I ask that you would touch our hearts and our minds, Father God. Give us ears to hear, minds to understand, and hearts to receive the revelation that you have for us this evening. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So tonight, I'm going, I want to talk about worship. Um, I want to talk about worship. Worship for me is something that's uh, very dear to me personally. Um, um Music, especially, is a is a thing that God has given me to uh, worship Him with. Um, now, with that being said, I feel like we can easily equate worship with the act of singing the songs to the Lord, whether you know that's personally or corporately. But I think that singing is only part of what our expressions of worship to the Lord should be. In John 4, uh, verse 23, Jesus says, But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. What does the Lord mean when he prophesies that true worshipers will worship in the Father in spirit and in truth, I think for we 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 know this verse and we hear it very often. Um, but but let's take a look here first. You know, let's define worship, especially here in this context. Here, the term worship means kneeling or prostration to do homage or make obeisance, whether in order to express respect. Or to make supplication. So basically what he's saying here is the Father is looking for people who will prostrate themselves before him or to make obeisance. And obeisance, I'll talk about what that means here in a second. Um, in other words, you know, worship means to publicly display special honor and respect to the Lord as well as to submit to the legitimate influence or authority of the Lord. So in when we worship the Lord, it's not just singing our songs of praise and our songs of worship, but it literally means to posture yourself in such a way in which you're telling the Lord that he has legitimate influence and authority over your life and you're sub, you're, you're submitting yourself to the Lord, you're submitting yourself to to Him. Obeisance again. Obeisance means 
the deference of like of um of of influence so you're you're literally saying obviousness is literally saying god you you're you are <laughs> you are and it's not about me it's you that's what obviousness is it's looking at the lord and saying it's all it's all you that's that's obviousness so now let's break down the phrase that jesus uses in spirit and in truth spirit here um simply means you know the power by which the human being thinks feels and decides so basically we know that we're uh, body soul and spirit and spirit is the like the most fundamental essence of who we are as a as a human being um our spirit being being breathed into us by god so it's simply the most fundamental basic essence of who we are as people and it's that thing inside of us that we that that thinks feels and makes decisions truth here simply means what is true in any matter under consideration it's the absolute truth so when jesus says that the father is seeking people who will worship him in spirit and truth he's saying this yahweh is looking for people who will publicly display special honor and reverence to him as well as submit themselves under the legitimate influence of him and the parts of themselves that helps guide their way of thinking, feeling, and decision-making, as well as putting forth the truth that he alone is God. Essentially, what the Father is looking for are the true worshipers who will be known to him, that is God, by the posturing of their hearts, that is the Spirit, as well as the thoughts of their minds that's the truth so we worship god not only in our spirits the thing inside of us that helps guide our decision making and whenever we you know we mentioned this a couple weeks ago in another another episode where we are we keep in step by the spirit we live in the spirit we're indwelled by the holy spirit of god and so whenever our spirit and the holy spirit of god aligns then we're able to worship the Lord more fully in spirit and also the thoughts of our mind. The truth. Truth is knowing that God is. It's The truth is the head knowledge here. It's, the, it's knowing in our heads and believing in our hearts that He alone, Yahweh alone, is God. And that's what I believe that Jesus is saying here. He's saying that, you know, the it's where where singing is an aspect of worship. Yeah, truly, he's also he's saying that we, God will know the people who truly worship, who are true worshipers, by their hearts and by their minds, not only by the things that they're singing in corporate worship. And that's another thing that I'll touch on here here later um but moving along you know i believe that our very lives should be expressions of worship you know that is the way in which we live our lives ought to reflect the light of christ you know paul exhorts us in romans 12 1 to present our bodies as living sacrifices holy and acceptable to god and here's the key which is our spiritual worship what is paul saying here he's saying we present ourselves to the Lord 
as living sacrifices because when we present ourselves to the Lord, you know, as holy and acceptable sacrifices, that is our worship. Presenting ourselves to the Lord for him to use for his kingdom purpose is an act of worship. He's also saying, Paul is, that the way in which we live should be pure, unblemished, like a pure, unblemished sacrifice that the Lord is pleased with. That's our spiritual worship. You know, there shouldn't be anything in our lives that would pollute our hearts, you know. And once once that happens, if, if our hearts become polluted, you know, that, that our sacrifice is rendered unacceptable. I'm reminded of... Cain and Abel to an extent here where, you know, uh, one sacrifice was pleasing to God and the other sacrifice wasn't. And we know the outcome of that story, but the, 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 the point here is if we allow things in our lives to pollute our hearts and we present ourselves to the Lord... Will he find that pleasing? You know, will will the secret sin of our that that's gripped our hearts? Will the Lord be pleased with that? You know, a life of worship, a lifestyle of worship, is marked by repentance and humility. And David in Psalm fifty-one, which is my my favorite psalm, because I relate on a personal level with it. Psalm fifty-one, he reinforces this. And towards the end of the psalm, he says, "The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, you will not despise." And again, Joel 2 and verse 13, it's, there's a phrase here that says, Rend your heart and not your garments. See, the Lord knows the intents of your heart. He sees our motivations. And here's, here's the point that I'm making with all of this. There's no, there's no pride in true worship. God in scripture scripture we read that God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Very quickly God is doing two things here. He's opposing the proud with one hand, but in the other hand he's blessing the humble person with grace, giving grace to the humble person. And I I would much rather be humble before the Lord and humble myself before him so that in due time he'll be able to, he'll raise me up not for the sake of, you know, the raising that is promising, but because humility before the Lord, he'll he recognizes humility because it's saying that I want the Lord more than I want myself. You know, pride is the antithesis of true worship. Pride is the it's the glorification and the worship of oneself. And it's making yourself pride makes yourself into an idol and then placing that idol on the throne of your own heart. Simply put, pride is idolatry. Pride's idolatry because it sets itself, it sets self as the object of worship. It def, it 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 tells pride says pride says I am and there is no other. And that, my friends, is a very dangerous place to be. 
you know, if pride seeps into the heart, however subtly that may be, it does become the fly that causes the perfume to produce the bad smell. I believe that's Ecclesiastes 10 verse 1 that has that analogy that a fly, a dead fly in a perfume makes the perfume smell bad. The same thing can be said if we allow pride to seep and enter into our hearts. So I say this, let every inkling of pride be cut off from our hearts. Let selfishness be cleansed from us so that we may be living sacrifices holy and acceptable for Yahweh to use for his purposes in the earth. And let our motivation be to see the name of the Lord be glorified in the earth and let our lives give off a pleasing aroma to the Lord as we become living sacrifices offering up our true worship by way of living lives that Yahweh finds pleasing. And finally, the last thing I want to talk about for a few moments tonight is lip service. This would hit for me because worship is so much more than just singing a song. If we relegate worship, if to relegate worship as, quote, just singing songs, that's having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. I'll say it again. To relegate worship as just singing songs is having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. What am I saying here? I'm saying that if the only thing, if the if all we feel think that worship is is singing songs, then we're missing a huge picture. We're missing so much of what the Lord wants to say to us, do for us. If that is what we what we think, you know, we know that the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. Yes, that's true. And that's that is very, very true. But with the only thing that we think about when we think of worship as singing songs, then we're 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 cutting off a whole lot of of God. You know, friends, be aware that true worship is not mere lip service. To diminish worship as such is to deny that it holds any power for us as Christ followers and as children of God. To say that worship is only the singing of songs in a corporate setting twice, once or twice a week is to deny that God has power. However little power that that denies that he has, it's still denying that God is limited. They're still saying that God is limited. Isaiah 29, 30 says, This people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips while their hearts are far from me. And their fear or reverence or worship of me is a commandment taught by men. If we relegate worship to simply singing songs, then we become the people about whom Isaiah is writing here in 29 and whom Jesus is referring to whenever he uh, quotes this verse in the book of Matthew. These people draw near with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me because their worship is a tradition and a religious ceremonialism that men have taught them how to do. 
How often is it that we sit in our pews and stand on our platforms and and sing our songs in front of churches, but our songs are empty words from a place of obligation that we feel like we have to do this because this is the order of service and these are the things that we have to do because this is the way it's always been done. How how oftentimes is that the case whenever we whenever we worship? How often is it that we find that worship is born out of a place of obligation that it is from it's rather a groaning from our hearts you know our worship and it's sad but it's true our worship has become stained with religious ceremonialism true worship doesn't come from a place of religion How often do we, do we people of God, how often do we allow our circumstances or our situations to hold power over us and decide for us whether or not we'll worship God? Here's the thing. My worship to the Lord is not defined by how I feel on a certain day. It's not defined by the song that the choir is singing. My worship is not defined by the situation that I'm in or the circumstance that I'm surrounded by. My worship is defined and is only defined by the, by the fact of who the Lord is. We need to understand that the true worship that Yahweh is seeking is birthed in the secret place. And it's sown in the place of intimacy with the Father. See, true worship doesn't come from the red back hymnal, however great those songs may be. It doesn't come from a Hillsong album. It doesn't come from an Elevation worship album. True worship comes from a place of intimacy with the Father. And once we've quit on intimacy with the Father, we've quit on worship and we can't worship Him in spirit and in truth. If we quit on intimacy with the Father, we've cut ourselves off from the revelation of God that He wants to reveal Himself to us by. If we quit on intimacy with the Father, then we've we've cut ourselves off from the life source, from our from our well, from our rock that's not gonna be shaken. If we quit on intimacy with the Father, then there is there is Nothing that the enemy cannot do against us. If we quit on intimacy with the Father, our worship has become stained and tainted with self. Oh, people of God, that we would we would find ourselves back into the place of intimacy with the Father, that the only thing that we seek is Him, and everything else that follows just happens to follow. Oh, people of God, that we would turn our hearts to Him, that we would, like I've said earlier, would rend our hearts and on our garments, that we would understand that our worship is not simply some religious traditionalism or ceremony that we do on a Sunday morning for 20 minutes a Sunday morning, but that we would understand that worship is one of our mightiest weapons of spiritual warfare that we have in our arsenal as Christ followers, and that we are forging these weapons of worship in a place of intimacy with the Father. Our worship comes from the revelation of who Yahweh is. 
Our God is a holy God. Our God is high and lifted up. There's no one in heaven or on earth who is like him. There, He alone is seated on the throne of heaven. He is the one who through the stars in the sky who calls them by name. He said, let there be and there was at the creation of the earth. Before there was anything, he was. He alone is God. Yahweh alone is God. And he deserves every last single bit of our worship of our praise. Yahweh alone deserves all the praise, the worship, the power, and the glory, for He alone is God, and apart from Him there is no other. Apart from Him we have nothing, and He is deserving of all of the worship and all of the praise. Our worship is more than just lip service, and God, we repent for having relegated that, our worship, to simply singing songs, Lord. We repent now of, of diminishing worship to, to, to be subjected to our feelings rather than, rather than letting our faith arise in worship and overcoming the, the feelings and emotions that are driving us away from you. But Lord, we subject our emotions and subject our feelings to this leading of the Holy Spirit so that we can worship you in spirit and truth and we can worship you in the very basic fundamental innermost parts of ourselves that 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 is in step with the Holy Spirit we worship you in the truth of knowing that you are God and there is no other Lord God our hearts are open before you God draw near to us as we draw near to you we return to you, Lord. Would you come and take your place as the king that sits on the throne of our hearts? Lord, now we repent of our pride. We repent of our religious ceremonies. Because you're not seeking people who could be the most religious. You're not seeking the people who can who can do all of the right things that, that, that people have laid out. You're not seeking who can sing the loudest. You're not seeking people who can lift their hands the highest. You're seeking people who are humble. You're seeking people whose hearts are shattered and broken before you who who you're seeking a people who understand that true worship is born from the place of intimacy with the father it's cultivated in our secret place with you oh god you're seeking people who worship you in spirit and in truth lord god make us those people Make us those people, Lord. Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for your goodness and for your grace. Lord God, let your glory reign in the earth and let your people worship you in spirit and in truth. We will not relegate worship to singing of songs but let our lives be living sacrifices of worship to you, God. In Jesus' name, amen.
thank you all so much again for joining me this week. It was a shorter, um, shorter podcast this week, but I am thankful that the Lord has given me this opportunity to, uh, to be with you all. I just, I'm uh, praying for you, everybody, um, that y'all have a great rest of your week. Um, Feel free to leave a review. Um, in, in any comments that you want to leave on the podcast, um, that would be great. Thank you all so much for joining me, and I will see you all next week.